Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. some praise this night. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Am I on? I'm on. I'm good. Hallelujah. Amen. Before we sit down, uh, we're going to come tonight together in prayer. We're going we're gonna to lift up uh, the Campos family. Uh, Pastor Juan Campos, uh, he's in the hospital. And, um, you know, there's this from last two weeks ago, you've been hearing about prayer, and I, I, I just want to reiterate that there is power, power in prayer. When the people of God come together and pray, things happen. Mountains are moved. So tonight, I just want us to lift our hands up this evening. Just begin to speak in your heavenly language. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you tonight, Lord God. Lord, we glorify you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we glorify you, God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Lift your voices tonight, hallelujah. Praise you, God. Father, we come tonight, Lord God, in agreement, Lord God, standing on your promises, Lord God. Father, we lift up the Campos family, Lord God, praying, Father, for their comfort, Lord God. Lord, in this hour, Lord God, every hour, Lord God, is crucial, Father God. Lord, that your hand is moving, Lord God, that you are being glorified in that ICU room, Father God. Lord, that you are touching him, Lord God, repairing and restoring, Lord God. Father, we pray against every assignment of the enemy tonight that it will not flourish, prosper, Lord God. It is destroyed at the core, Father God. And Lord, we pray that you would just move tonight, God. Move among your people, Lord God, and that you would stir our hearts tonight, God. Move, Lord, any distractions. We cancel you, enemy, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father, and the people of God say, Amen. 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 Greet your neighbor, turn around, let them know it's good to see you tonight in the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I, uh, I had an old, an old carton of orange juice back there, and I poured it, and I told Jesse, I think I made wine. So, you had to pour it out, give me some water, hallelujah. Tonight, I want to minister on prayer. The title of this message is Prevail in Prayer. You heard uh, Pastor Sandoval when he spoke a couple weeks ago about the, the situation that uh, the apostle was in, Peter, and, and where God was doing something, not only in the believers' lives, because sometimes as believers, we pray for things, and then when we see them happen, we act like we didn't know that it was going to happen. Listen, if you're praying for something, 
expect it. Expect God to do something. And so when he touched on that, it stirred me up and God gave me this title. And then when Pastor Reuben preached on Sunday, it just gave me some more nuggets to add to it. So God starts to put it together. So tonight I want to speak on prevail in prayer. Turn your Bibles to the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 7. So one of the areas in our life as believers, as followers of Christ, is to grow spiritually, to grow. Growth is needed in our lives to develop strong believers with God's desire. And one of the areas is that we need to look at is change. Change is part of growing. Well, you're not changing, you're choosing. Well, you're not allowing God to change in your life, you are choosing to live that life. It's a part of, it's crucial, it's part of maturing into a strong and a balanced believer in the kingdom of God. Prayer is the key to cultivate, say cultivate, our spiritual inner man. And we can look at the world today and see how anti-Christ it is becoming. And people, I have to say this, and you've heard it over and over again, we must pray. We must pray. The king is coming. He's coming. When you stop and you say that to yourself, it stirs something up inside of you. The king is coming. Bible says in Revelation 16, it says, behold, I'm coming as a thief and blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments lest he walk naked and they see his shame. See, we're living in a society today where the Christian is the target. The individual who stands for righteousness, who stands for the word of God, is a target. You're going to be called a, a, a person who lacks uh, empathy, a person who, who lacks a, a concern or a compassion for their fellow man, but it's the opposite. We see the needs of today and we say, you know what, well, we, we want to interject, so we see all that is going around us in the attacks on our children. The reason why there's such an attack on our children is because that population, that community can't have children. So they want to get our children and destroy a generation. So we see those attacks coming up and, 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 and there's so much in it that they are targeting the, the believers and the, and the, and the Christians and, and those who stand for the word of God as being hateful. And when you think about it, you go to the word of God and you see that God lays out a solution to these times today. One person said that every great movement of God can be laced, traced actually, back to a kneeling figure. Every great movement of God can be traced back to a person who took the initiative to say, we need to pray. And I think those times are now. I think those times are now where this fellowship is ready to step into a new season, where God is taking this church and the churches within this fellowship, and we are uniting with churches who are single-minded and say, you know what, we have such a short time. We have such a short time and a small window and of opportunity to reach the lost, to minister onto the hurting, to bring the gospel to the four corners of the world. 
And in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it reads this. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Father, bless this word, Lord God. Father, open our ears, Lord God, and I pray, Lord God, that you would just touch hearts, Lord God. Stir the believer, Father. I pray this, Lord, in your son's name. I step aside, Lord God, ask that you take full control in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Healing will come when God's people come to prayer. Come to prayer. The definition of prevailing is this. It's that you prove to be more powerful than the opposing forces that come against you. You prove to be more powerful than the obstacles that the enemy is placing before you, that the barriers that are placed before you, that you choose and you say in your heart, I am going to press through. I am going to prevail because you will come to situations in your walk with God where it is not going to be so pleasant to make a stand for Jesus. It is not going to be so uh, 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 pleasant and, and just edifying or you're not going to feel it. You're not going to feel like pressing. You're not going to feel like praying. You're not going to feel like witnessing. You're not going to feel these things. Thank God we don't go by our feelings. Thank God. Because I could tell you there are many times where I just don't feel it. But I know that God is up to something. I know that God is doing something. I know that God is moving something behind the scenes. Even though I can't see it, it's like the wind. You can't see it, but you feel it. There's times where you go into a hospital and you just see and you feel the hurt. You feel all that is going on there and you just say, God, just touch hearts, Father. Comfort people, Lord God. Bring peace, Lord God. Settle the spirits of those here. Because when you go in there and you see all this, you'll see someone so happy at the birth of a child, but then you'll see a family across that are coming to a, a very difficult decision that they have to make. And you say, God, help them. God, help them. Prevail is to prove to be more powerful than the opposing forces that face you. Reminds me of the scripture in Genesis where he said, your name shall be no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. We know the story of Jacob when he's faced, uh, some versions say angel, but we know that he was wrestling with God. And this was a, a, a moment in his life where he felt that this was something that was important to him, that he was, he was going to prevail in this. He was going to, the Bible says that he wrestled all night with him until finally the, 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 the scripture says that he had to be hit in the bone and, and it, it caused him to walk with the lip. It caused him to be in discomfort. See, sometimes that we need to get in those moments where we say, you know what, God, I'm going to wrestle. I'm going I'm to take it to prayer. The individual who says that in their heart where they says, I'm going to come to agreement. God, I am going to keep praying until I see something happen. I'm going to keep praying until I see my loved one come to Christ. And be ready to see the hand of God move. 
See, sometimes we pray for things and then when they start to happen, we think that all of a sudden, no, you did ask him, didn't you? You did ask God for, to move. But you know the thing is that, that sometimes that we don't understand is that when God starts to move and we don't like how it's going, we want to put our hands in there. Sometimes God needs to make things a little bit more difficult for that individual. Makes it a little bit more uncomfortable. Before we wake up and we say, God, you're getting my attention. You got it now. How many have ever come to that moment where you said, okay, God, what are you, all right? Right? I've had those near experiences where you're not paying attention, right? And that car missed you. And what do you do? You throw your phone in the back seat. You say, okay, God, I'm listening now. I'm listening now. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Turn with me there. The scripture says to pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert. Stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. We need to be praying for each other. As the people of God, we need to start coming in, uh, together in our, in, our, in our prayer meetings. And you know what? Even though you don't know that individual, say, you know what? God touched them. Whatever it is, God, that they need, God, move in their life. Because sometimes we come to church wounded. Sometimes we come to church carrying things. And we're so proudful sometimes when people say, how's everything going? It's, oh, it's, good. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. We don't expect them to say, well, you got a minute? Can I tell you? Can I share with you? Can I, can, I, can I ask you to pray for me on this matter? See, that's where we just say, you know what, God, use me. Use me. Take a walk by the prayer wall. Take a walk by the prayer wall. And memorize some names before you go home. Memorize a few people on there that have some needs. They took the time to write it down because they believe that we can pray for them here. I love the other side. That's the prayer, pray, uh, praise reports. I put some prayer requests on there. We prayed for my niece. She had stage three uh, breast cancer. In remission now. Serving God. Serving God. And we got, some, we got some needs. We prayed for a young man this week. He's a skater. Fell off a three-story building. Landed on the electrical thing. Didn't look good. Didn't look good. I seen it. Made me cringe. That young man should not be walking. But several days in the hospital with a cast on his leg from his hip down to his ankle and all these things going on with him, he started walking down the hall. Hallelujah. A miracle. Because the people of God came together and we prayed. His, his parents prayed and we believed God. See, we're living in troubled times now where we need to keep an eye on what's going on and we just need to come in agreement with the people of God and what's preached over this pulpit. And we say, you know, we stand with you, Pastor. Amen. We're going to pray for that city. We're going to pray for these needs of the people. And we see the hand of God. So if my people would humble themselves Hallelujah. and pray and seek my face, you ask yourself, what are the benefits of prayer? See, we know all that is involved when you don't pray. When you don't pray, you're weak. You're weak. You're disconnected. You're disconnected. See, when God spoke the word to the sea, he spoke and the fish came. 
When he spoke to the earth, the plants and the trees came. When he created man, he spoke to himself. When the fish is out of the water, it dies. When the plant is out of the soil, it dies. When the Christian is disconnected from God, you die spiritually. So we need to stay connected to God. We need to stay focused on what God is trying to do in this last days in our lives. I feel it's an honor and a privilege to be serving God in this time and age. That we get to see the hand of God move mightily. There are some people here tonight that your relatives never imagined you being here. You were a miracle. The greatest miracle that you and I will ever witness is salvation is that when somebody gives their heart over to Jesus and they turn around and God starts to transform them, God starts to give them a purpose in life. That is a miracle, a miracle. See, those who are prevailing in prayer are those who sense the situation and immediately know what the need needs to be done. Prevail comes from the Latin word pray, verle. When they combine the two, it means be strong or to have power. Our text, when it reads, if my people will humble themselves, pray and seek and turn from sin. In Proverbs chapter eight, verse 17, it reads this. I love those who love me and those who seek me, find me. See, this day and age, we have so many distractions. So many. How many here find it sometimes, come on, in all honesty, find it a struggle to make time to pray? Right? Because you, sometimes you're in prayer and then, man, you know what? Did I leave the stove on? And then you picture your house in flames, the fire engine's there, and there, you know, but you're here in church and it's, you're, you want to call your neighbor, you know, all these things, and the enemy has a way of just, man, messing with our mind and our thought process, and all these things start happening. To get to that quiet moment where Paul says, I found the secret place. Sometimes you have to make time. Sometimes God will wake you up in the middle of the night to pray. Or sometimes you just, you know what, I'm not going to watch my show, and I'm going to kill the TV, put on the worship music, and just pray. Try that. Try that. I don't still know how to, know how to DVR something, so you know what? It is what it is. But this is an opportunity. Sometimes it's unpleasant. Sometimes, man, it, it goes against what you want to, you're chill and relax. In the, but those are the moments where you say, you know what, God, I want to make this sacrifice. I want to be the living sacrifice, and I want to pray and seek your face. So we prevail. One person said this, some prayer, some power. No prayer, no power. Much prayer, much power. See, there should be no reason why believers in this modern day should struggle. We struggle because we're not doing the basics. We're not doing the basic things that we learned and that we think that we, we need to go to the advanced level. We need to get the volume nine, uh, episode 25. If you can't figure it out, you need to go back to season one, episode one, where, where God spoke to you and you said that simple prayer and God did a mighty work in your heart 
and you started to get connected and you start to feel that, 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 that inner man inside of you getting stirred up, wanting to seek God early in the morning, pray in the, in the afternoon, God, you prayed for your meals every single time and you witnessed, you spoke about God, you lived for God. But things start happening in our lives and we start to pull back. We start to say, you know what, I'll catch up to it tomorrow. And tomorrow comes and you know what, I'll catch up with it on this day or I'll do it this day. And before you know it, we're so far out that we feel it. And we're wondering, why do I feel this? Why am I drained? Why am I not feeling that, that excitement anymore? It's because we've disconnected. You know how you freak out when your phone's at one bar? Right? Right? Come on, who's freaked out before when their phone is on one bar? Or you forgot your phone at home? Man, you want to jump off the freeway? You know, run through a traffic light? Do all kinds of craziness just to get because you feel like that, that is your life. That is your life. Remember that, that, that one moment, uh, was it last year or the year before when the, everything was down? And people didn't know what to do with themselves. No internet, no Facebook, no Instagram, none of these things, none of these social outlets, you had nothing. That was a good opportunity to catch up on Jesus. Hello. Wasn't it? Yep. So we know the downfalls of not praying, but let's look at the benefits of praying. The first thing is it provides timely direction. Hallelujah. Staying in prayer provides timely directions. Proverbs 3, 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path straight. He'll make your path straight. Acknowledge him. See, sometimes we feel that, you know what, uh, this is so mediocre, this is so small, it's just, you know, it's just uh, changing uh, locations or what, it's something so minimal that God doesn't really care. But when you take the time to acknowledge God, seek God and say, God, is this a good move? God will give you the answer. God will either open the door or he will close the door that no man can open. So it provides timely directions. The second thing it does is to, it helps you to prevent bad decisions. Bad decisions. Husbands, a suggestion, never tell your wife that she makes bad decisions because she might just tell you you were one of them. <laughs> Proverbs 16, 9, let it go. <laughs> the mind, Proverbs 16, 9, the, the mind of man plays his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. It prevents bad decisions. You know what, God, am I doing the right thing? God, do, do, I, do I need to, to uh, make that change? Is it, is it going to be an opportunity? Lord, do I go through this door that seems so well, it seems so promising? It, it has to be from you. But when you seek God, God will reveal it to you. God, if this is your will, God, open this door. If it's not, Lord God, the person who takes those steps, as small as they may be, the hand of God is on you. The hand of God is directing you. I've, I've talked to so many people, young people as well. They say, you know what, uh, should I do this and not do that and, and what not? And what happens is it, it's an it's a opportunity that they think is a blessing and in turn it's pulling them away farther and farther and farther away from God. And then you no longer see them. 
but they're making money. And that was the plan that the enemy placed before you. You didn't see God for that to see if it was his will. And this is where we are today. The second thing, or the third thing, it eliminates worry and anxiety. Philippians 4, verse 6 reads this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. And supplications with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, say peace, peace, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, it eliminates the worries and the stress. Gosh, you know what? I, sometimes I see parents who have such a burden. And what that does is that trickles down to the children. You see the children and they start biting their nails. They start worrying and they start having stomach problems and they're always in the nurse's office with a stomach pain or a headache or all these things. And what happens is, is as parents, they see that and it's stressful to you, it's stressful to them. That spirit is there. But when you start your morning off with prayer, when you take the time to take your children aside and say, let's pray. Let's pray for that classmate of yours who's having a hard time, whose parents sick in the hospital. Let's pray. When you start to teach your children this, they start to develop a prayer life. And they start to see the hand of God move. And these are the children who grow up knowing because they've seen it in the household. They've seen it in the household. I remember the testimony of this one pastor he says, you know what, I was a young man. He goes, and I remember my grandma was a praying grandma. And that she would get us and she'd put us on our lap and she'd anoint us with oil and start speaking in tongues and just praying for God's favor over us. You know, through my adulthood and through my teen years, he goes, I could feel the hand of God with me everywhere I went. Even in the bad decisions, God didn't let the bad things happen to me that should have happened. When the people of God pray, when the, the parents pray, when the grandparents pray. Man, I don't get to see my grandchildren all the time, but man, they're always on my heart and always in my prayers. God, guide them, lead them. Father God, go before them, Lord God, protect them. Because they are the next generation. And if we're not leaving footprints for them to follow in, they're going to follow another set. Let them be godly parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts. Let them see that. So it eliminates worrying and anxiety. Anxious feelings will destroy you and I from the inside out. Inside out. There was no reason other than these last few years that we had that the sales of Anti-anxiety medications, anti-reflux medications were on the rise. Pharmaceutical companies were raking in billions of dollars. But all those are a band-aid on a serious wound. The individual who takes their needs and their cares and concerns to the throne of God will know this peace. 
They will know that God is in their corner. They will have that understanding that, you know what, God, I don't see the full picture, but I know that you have things in control. I know that you are going to make a way where there is no way. God, I know what this report says, but I'm going to believe that you, God, are the final answer, God, that you will move hands, that you will move mountains on my behalf. God, that you are going to save my loved one, that you're going to touch them. Father God, my loved one behind the wall, Father God, you're going to touch them, and I believe that. I'm going to hold on to that. And you do not let anyone sway you. You plant your feet down and you're ready to fight. You say, this is a fight, devil. You're going to bring it on. Look it. We're going to go toe to toe. That when you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the ground, all hell should tremble because they know that a woman of God and a man of God woke up and that today they made a decision to stand for God. Eliminates anxiety and worry. Satan will use anxiety to stop you from living the full life that God has for you. He will whisper things in your ear that, you know what, you've been told, you've been told before, and he just reminds you where you came from, what you were involved in. And don't lift up those hands. Do you know what those hands did? Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood that washes away all our iniquities, all our sins, that they are tossed into the deepest part of the ocean. Thank God. So we're able to come into the house of God and lift up holy hands and say, you know what, God, I know where I came from. And I thank you, Jesus, for your blood. I thank you. So if I get a little bit loud, if I get a little bit crazy, God, it's because you did something powerful in my life that I'm able to stand here and glorify you. I don't care who looks. I don't care who says that I'm a fanatic. I don't. They said worse about you. And it didn't phase you. Let them talk. Talk, what's that song? Talk about me all that you please, and I'll talk about you when I'm on my knees. Come on, Ace. Come on, give God some praise tonight. So we fight anxiety through prayer and casting our worries onto the cross. Anti-anxiety meds will only mask the true core issue, but prayer is your weapon. It is your weapon. The next thing it produces, it produces peacefulness. Peacefulness. And Psalms 4, 8 says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Dwell in safety. When I came to the Lord, my, my children were teenagers. You know, sometimes teenagers, they get to that age where they go like, Can I stay out till 11? And then they push it to midnight. At some point, you know what? We were, me and my wife, we would just say, you know what? I tell my daughters, yeah, come here, let me pray for you. Oh, Dad, oh, God, come on, Dad. Father, if she is up to no good, Lord, you stop her. You don't let her go anywhere. Lord God, whatever you need to do, God. And God, you know what? We were able to sleep. We were able to sleep, man. We weren't, we weren't worrying or staying up till 1, 2, 3 in the morning waiting for them to come because we knew that God was going to have his hand on them wherever they went. And I thank God for that. I thank God. And you know what? I hate to hear now that I'm getting older that, oh, bad. We didn't tell you about this would happen. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. All I know is, is that God didn't let it happen, what happened. Amen?
Amen. So it produces peacefulness. This peace is the Hebrew word shalom, meaning completeness, soundness, and welfare. Shalom. Is that where you're able to go into a, a, an atmosphere and speak shalom and the peace that comes in. Oh, man, the enemy hates it when God's people come into his territory. They, he hates it. You'll get those dirty looks. You'll get that sneer. You'll get that, you know what, but let it happen because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. I don't care if it's in the marketplace, in the laundry, at the laundromat, wherever, man. That devil will show up everywhere. Out of people you wouldn't even imagine. Sweet little granny, man, I, act, I just barely tapped her, her, uh, her shopping cart. I didn't, she had like 10 bottles of vodka in there and I just barely tapped it and man, she cussed me out. Blew my mind. But that, that enemy just manifested and I just had to say thank you Jesus and just walk away. So it provides peace and it produces confidence. See, some of you here wrestle with the thought that God wants to use you. Not me, God. Not me, God. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to. No, when God's hand is on you, it could be soft or it could be heavy. And God will get your attention. And God will give you that desire. It is through prayer where you start to develop that desire and it starts to intensify. I told you this before, I didn't have a desire to do much in the kingdom of God. I just wanted to get to heaven. That was it. That was it. My wife was telling somebody the other day that she said, oh yeah, Anthony said, man, don't look at nobody, don't talk to nobody, don't make friends, don't do this. And that was serious, I was serious. I mean, I wanted to get out of there quick. But you know how we are sometimes, whoa, stop. And then you, I got stopped by a few people. Thank God for that. Thank God that they took the time to introduce themselves and make me feel welcome. Made me want to come back on Thursday. And then the Thursday crowd made me want to come back on Sunday. And then the Sunday crowd made me want to sign up for the discipleship class. Made me want to sign up for Bible class. Made me want to sign up for this class and that class. Made me want to get involved. And the closer that I got and I started to develop a relationship with God in prayer and in his word, I started to see what God was doing with my life, with my family's life. And before you know it, me and my wife just said, you know what? What God promised us 38, 39 years ago, we're starting to see it being fulfilled. Praise God. Praise God. Doors will open. Opportunity. We serve a God who opens doors. He opens doors. When, we, when he opens the door, no devil can shut it. And when he closes the door, no devil can open it. I want to encourage you to be part of what God is doing here in Living Word La Mirada. God is gonna do some great things. We are gonna see some great things happen. There's a city that doesn't mean much on the map, 
But there are people waiting for you to make that decision to say, you know what, Lord? I'll go. I'll go. And God is going to use you to bring people into the kingdom of God. People of God. There is power in prayer. When you and I pray, God listens. When you and I pray, storms get stilled. When we pray, doors open. When you and I pray, relationships get restored. Sicknesses get healed. Hope gets rekindled. Strength is renewed. Prayers are answered. We cannot lose faith about what we are praying for today. God is faithful. He is faithful. Stand with me here this evening. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank God that when I walked into Living Word in Buena Park 14 years ago, that someone was preaching the truth. And the truth will sting for a minute, but you're glad they told it to you. And it brought me to a decision. I could either walk out the same way, or I could say, you know what, God, that's me. We all have decisions to make. And the choices that we make have consequences, good or bad. And every day we wake up, is a day that we decide, God, today, I want to bring you glory.